right, welcome, welcome, welcome to the Babyface Podcast. Now, as always, follow me on Twitter at Stanley051192 and also follow me on Instagram at StanleyPierre0511. All those letters are lowercase uh, when you look me up and follow me. And so... Tonight, we had AEW All Elite Wrestling Dynamite tonight. And, uh, you know, all in all, I I thought this was a good show. You know, um, there were some really good parts of the show. And, you know, there were some things on the show that I didn't like, you know, especially what happened uh, at the end of the show with uh, Mike Tyson and Chris Jericho, which, you know, I'll get into as, um, you know, I dive deeper into this review. And so, let's start it off. You know, I I don't really want to waste any time. So, you know, first things first, the show started with a video package recapping Double or Nothing. We saw highlights of Jon Moxley retaining his world title against Brody Lee. Uh, We also saw highlights of the Inner Circle losing to the Elite in that awesome stadium stampede match. And so after that, we see Chris Jericho, uh, Sammy Guevara, Ortiz, Santana, and Jake Hager of the Inner Circle. And so Jericho was actually trying to fire up the Inner Circle uh, for their pep rally later in the show. Because, you know, the Inner Circle, they were a little down and they were a little bummed out that, you know, they lost the... um, the stadium stampede match against uh, Matt Hardy, uh, Nick Jackson and Matt Jackson of the young bucks and hangman page and Kenny Omega, the tag team champions, you know, uh, the inner circle they're they're, they're bummed out that they lost to the elite. And so Jericho, he's trying to pump them up and, and get them excited for the pep rally. So then we had Santana and Ortiz of said inner circle, and they actually ordered too many Stadium Stampede Champion shirts. They were uh, T-shirts with cartoon designs of the entire inner circle. You know, Jericho, Sammy, Hager, uh, Santana, and Ortiz. And, you know, they were basically victory T-shirts uh, for when they beat the Elite at, you know, the Stadium Stampede match at the Double or Nothing pay-per-view. But, of course, they lost. And, you know, they have a whole bunch of T-shirts uh, with you know, nothing to do. And so basically Jericho, you know, uh, he hears this and he looked disappointed. And so then after that, we had, uh, the elite, uh, uh, Matt Jackson, Nick Jackson of the young bucks and the tag team champions, Hangman page and Kenny Omega. They were with Matt Hardy backstage um page said he was going back to the hotel to drink of course and kenny omega offered him some milk and then he left with hangman and i I believe hangman turned it down because you know hangman page has you know uh, i guess an alcohol problem you know a lot of people you know they're not mentioning it mentioning it on tv but you know hangman page he's been drinking a lot Uh, the last couple months on TV and you know, like it's hilarious seeing hangman page this way, you know, and like, you know, uh, this character by hangman, um, this is actually 
uh, very similar to Scott Hall's alcoholism angle in WCW back in the late 90s, except, you know, with Heyman Page reviving this gimmick, you know, uh, he's been having fun with it. He's not uh, puking on anybody. He's not, you know, uh, uh, making anybody concerned about him, even though, you know, some people should be on television. But nonetheless, um, Hangman Page, he's great with uh, this alcoholic gimmick. And so then we had Matt Hardy put over that this was the first time he's ever teamed with Matt Nick Jackson of the Young Bucks. And so Matt and Nick actually wanted, uh, you know, they, 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 they wanted to know which version of Matt Hardy they would be getting when Matt teamed with them for their six-man tag. And so Matt Hardy, I, I love this. Um, you know, Matt Hardy, you know, he actually walked back and he came back out in like different forms of, you know, Matt Hardy. You know, uh, he was uh, broken Matt Hardy when the segment started. Then he walked back and I believe he turned back into a uh, regular normal Matt Hardy. And then the Young Bucks said they didn't want that. And so Matt then left and he got away from the camera shot and then he comes back and he's got like retro 2010 WWE gear on, you know, he's got a uh, purple kick pads, purple tights and, and, you know, j just looking straight 2010 retro, you know, WWE Matt Hardy, which, you know, I thought was perfect. And so then... Uh, the Young Bucks, you know, they, they liked how Matt was looking retro from back in 2010. And so they approved. And so we go to the ring and we have the first match of the show. The Young Bucks and Matt Hardy versus Private Party and Joey Janela. And so Matt Jackson and Mark Quinn began the match. Uh, Joey quickly tagged himself in. And the Elite worked him over. Hardy and Nick did a trademark Hardy Boy spot where Nick uh, hit a step-up lariat in the corner while, uh, I believe it was Matt, you know, he was down on all four, uh, on all fours. You know, he was down on his hands and his knees. And so, you know, basically Nick just like springboard off of him. You know, he jumped off his back and, you know, hit the the lariat in the corner you know very hardy boys hardy boys-esque and you know uh and of course too because you know um I, I believe the young bucks have said in interviews that you know uh they were influenced by the hardy boys a lot um you know when they were growing up and and, and just uh watching uh professional wrestling and so what else happened here uh we had quinn he took nick off the apron with a flying head scissors and then Janela hit Nick with a tope suicida uh, suicide dive Nick avoided the private party's uh, silly string maneuver where you know like uh, one of the members of private party you know um, they get Irish whipped and you know uh, they basically just like um, like roll on the other person's back while they're on the apron. You know, the, uh, they roll on their tag team partner's back on the apron and, you know, they roll out of it, you know, looking a lot like actual silly string. And so we had, oh, we had, you know, um, Nick Jackson of the Young Bucks. He avoided it. 
uh, Janela and Nick fought uh, at the outside of the ring. And Nick Jackson accidentally hit the butcher with a super kick. And, you know, the butcher, he was in the crowd with all the other wrestlers from the back to watch the show. Uh, butcher and Blade then brawled with the Young Bucks in the crowd. And so Nick came back with a face buster on the stage in a Canadian destroyer uh, on Joey Janela. And so we had Hardy and Cassidy. They both got tagged in. Hardy hit a side effect for a near fall. Uh, Matt hit a double DDT on Private Party and a side effect on Janela. And then he had a moonsault, uh, a very impressive looking moonsault on all three of uh, his opponents. You know, he had a moonsault and he landed on Isaiah Cassidy, Mark Quinn, and Joey Janela simultaneously. And so Matt only got a two count out of that. The match breaks down. And we had Private Party hit Stereo, top row uh, moves on the Young Bucks. Um, I, I believe they were kicks of some sort. Um, I can't remember. Like I was, I was uh, taking a lot of notes during this match. And so then we had uh, Mark Cassidy. Uh, no, actually Isaiah Quinn. Um, he actually got hurt during the match. Uh, he tweaked his knee, uh, and he was just like favoring it on the outside of the ring. I didn't know if this was a work or a shoot injury. Um, you know, I assume this was a shoot injury uh, based on what we saw after the match, which I will get into. And so we had uh, Mark Cassidy. He went to work on Hardy in the ring, but was distracted by uh, Mark Quinn, his tag team partner, who was injured on the floor. And so the finish saw the Young Bucks hit uh, more bang for your buck on Cassidy and then Matt Hardy covered Cassidy for the win and Matt Hardy and the elite the young bucks Matt and Nick Jackson they were victorious and so all in all I thought this was a good opener for the show um, you know uh, a lot of uh, fast paced offense and you know um, private party you know I, I think these guys are, are very talented I think that they deserve more TV time than what they get on a normal basis and you know these guys are money and you know these guys are like the futures of tag team wrestling and you know I think that um, they need a push uh, they should be in the tag team title picture and you know these guys are great and and they worked very well with the Young Bucks and Matt Hardy and, you know, even Joey Janela himself, you know, Joey Janela is uh, somebody who uh, is mostly known for, you know, his uh, his deathmatch wrestling on the indies. And, you know, a lot of people don't really know him as, um, you know, somebody who can hold his own in a standard regular professional wrestling match. So it, it was a good match. Um, you know, Matt Hardy acts uh, actually uh, he helped up mark quinn and he and i believe the referee was rick knox and so they actually helped up quinn and they helped him to the back so i think this is most likely an actual shoot in injury by mark quinn he legit got hurt it was not a work you know it was you know some real life stuff and uh you know i, I hope that he's okay I, I hope that he doesn't miss any time because, you know, private party, like I said before, these guys are entertaining. They deserve more TV time. And, uh, yeah, they, they, they are just uh, an outstanding tag team. And so hopefully Mark Quinn 
uh, is all right. So after that, uh, we had the Young Bucks. They were still in the ring. Uh, they were celebrating, and um, the Butcher and the Blade act, uh, actually got in the ring and attacked the Young Bucks. And so, you know, they're beating them down. They're getting the upper hand until a black pickup truck pulled up to the arena and it's Dax Harwood and Cash Wheeler, formerly, um, what were their names in WWE? Um, uh, Dash, and, Dash and Wilder, um, you know, uh, from WWE, The Revival. They made their AEW debut tonight. They're now being known as FTR on AEW Dynamite, which is, you know, a really good name for the both of them. You know, uh, either it's free the revival or fuck the revival however you want to say it as far as you know an acronym and so you know uh they made their debut and they teased that they were gonna attack the young bucks who were down in the ring but they actually turned around and they attacked uh, the butcher and the blade and they made the save for the young bucks. And so, you know, uh, they got the upper hand on the heels. Uh, they took them out. And so, you know, we had like this, this like form of tension between the young bucks and FTR, because after all the young bucks and, you know, dash and Dawson now, um, uh, what were their names again? Uh, Dex and, 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 and cash, now FTR in AEW, you know, these guys, uh, actually have been like throwing shots at each other, at each other on Twitter, uh, the last couple years. And, you know, they've always teased a match between them. And, you know, they, they've always teased, you know, a time where both teams will get in the ring and, you know, they'll duke it out and, and see who the best tag team in the business is. And so, you know, there was some tension between FTR and the Bucks, and, you know, they had a brief stare down. And then uh, FTR actually left the ring. And, you know, uh, FTR and the Young Bucks, they didn't touch. You know, they didn't uh, fight each other. You know, they just left. And so, you know, there's no doubt in my mind this is probably going to be a, uh, a slow build between both teams. I think that the Young Bucks and FTR, formerly of the Revival, you know, I think that these two teams are going to go up against each other in a high-profile tag team match at All Out. And so, you know, I, I fully expect, you know, these two teams to, you know, have some stellar promos. And, you know, I, I think the story for this feud going forward is, you know, just, uh, you know, both teams respect each other. And both teams, you know, they want to find out who the better team is. You know, no shenanigans, no dirty tactics. You know, it's just straight respect. And so I'm looking forward to the FTR in AEW. I look forward to seeing what they're going to do on television. And uh, I can't wait to see them face the Young Bucks, hopefully at All Out. You know, um, a tag team match as big as this does not deserve to be on free television on Dynamite or one of AEW's free shows like Fighter Fest or Fight for the Fallen. You know, this is a high-profile tag team match that deserves to be on a big major card like All Out in September. So hopefully that's the case. And uh, yeah, you know, I, I, I expect great things from these two teams going forward. 
uh, I, I'm so happy that um, the revival now FTR. Uh, they're in AEW. Uh, you know, they 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 had a miserable time in WWE. They they did not enjoy their time there. And you know, once they got released, you know, uh, everybody knew that you know they're probably gonna go to AEW and they're probably gonna feud with the Young Bucks. And uh, you know, everybody was right. And so I can't wait to see what these two teams do going forward. And so after that. Uh, the AEW world champion, John Moxley, came out and he joined JR, Excalibur, and Tony Schiavone on commentary. And so Mox says he's been stuck on the couch since his war with Brody Lee at Double or Nothing. He said he's here to get a close look at Brian Cage because, you know, Brian Cage is the number one contender for the world title. And he's got an upcoming title match against John Moxley which, you know, I think is a mistake, but, you know, I'll explain that going forward. You know, I, I don't want to, like, you know, just, like, dive deep into, like, this. And so, basically, after Moxley came out, we had Brian Cage, who came out with Taz. Uh, Taz is now um, joined forces with Brian Cage. He's his new manager. You know, at first I thought this was like an odd pairing because Brian Cage and Taz are like polar opposites. You know, Taz in his wrestling days was was very serious and 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 you know, he he brought a a, a shoot fight kind of style to the world of professional wrestling. And you got Brian Cage who, you know, this guy is jacked. Like he's got muscles, but at the same time a guy as big and strong as as him, you know, he moves around as a cruiserweight, which, you know, I, I think makes him stand out as something special. And he's got a really good finishing move too, the, the drill claw. It's like a delayed vertical suplex into a pile driver. Very devastating. Like Brian Cage is awesome. And so, you know, it, it's probably going to take some time for me to get used to seeing Brian Cage and Taz as a tandem, you know, wrestler and manager. But, you know, I think they can, they can pull this off and, and, and get this over. And so Brian Cage versus Lee Johnson, who, you know, um, he like, I, I believe he's training at QT Marshall's wrestling school. And so, you know, I know AEW has been taking uh, students from, you know, QT Marshall's school and they've been using them on dynamite. They've been using them in squash matches against some of the high profile talent in the company. And so, this was basically a squash match. Um, you know, Brian Cage won after... Oh, no, wait. He actually he hit a buckle bomb, uh, a power bomb. Then he hit his drill claw finisher for the win. And so after the match, and this was this is my favorite part out of this whole um, storyline right here. So Taz cut a very good promo, and he addressed John Moxley, who's sitting with the commentators. So... Taz said that he respects Moxley and the dues that he's paid to become a success in the pro wrestling business. He said that he's a top guy, but he's dealing with a different animal in Brian Cage. So then Taz said he wants Moxley to bring his heart to Fighter Fest, where, you know, he'll defend his world title against Brian Cage. And so he then said Cage will rip the heart out of John Moxley's chest. And then Taz ended the promo by saying, beat Cage if you can, 
survive if Cage lets you. Basically, you know, uh, Taz using one of his own old school catchphrases, uh, you know, to put over Brian Cage. So, you know, this is a very good promo. Um, you know, uh, like, I think Brian Cage and John Moxley at Fighter Fest is not really a good idea. I, I think that, you know, these guys should have a high-profile match at All Out, you know, similar to the Young Bucks and FTR. You know, I don't see Fighter Fest as a good show to, to hold uh, a match like this. I actually think, instead of this, I, I think AEW should book Darby Allen and Brian Cage uh, at Fighter Fest, being that, you know, Brian Cage made his debut at the Double or Nothing pay-per-view uh, in the casino ladder match. And, you know, uh, Darby Allen was about to win. And I believe Brian Cage pushed him off the ladder and then he won it for himself. You know, he can easily have Darby uh, try to exact some revenge on Brian Cage. And you guys, like, they can uh, book Cage and Darby at Fighter Fest. You know, um, Cage can win. You know, unfortunately, Darby, you know, he would have had to take another loss. But, you know, I think. Darby is untouchable. He is one of the very best baby faces in AEW next to Cody. And so, you know, Cage beats Darby at Fighter Fest. And then, you know, we get Moxley versus Brian Cage at All Out for the world title and can slowly build that up week after week after week and just build up the tension and the animosity until these guys come to blows at All Out. But instead, we're going to get um, a world title match at Fighter Fest uh, between John Moxley and Brian Cage. Uh, AEW did not announce a date or a location for Fighter Fest. And so I, I assume uh, they're hoping uh, for a venue where, you know, a large amount of pro wrestling fans can actually come to the show and sit in the crowd and just watch it. And, you know, um, you know they, they don't really want uh, a damn near empty arena for the show. And so, you know, um, Fighter Fest, uh, Cage versus Moxley for the world title. I don't really want to see it, but, you know, unfortunately, uh, we're going to get it. And so, you know, I think they, they can still put on a, a good, decent match. And so, yeah, we'll have to wait and see what comes out of that in the coming weeks. So then we had this and this right here. This was one of my favorite segments of the show. Um, we had Britt Baker's assistant rebel uh, and she brought out Britt Baker and she was in a wheelchair. Tony Schiavone introduced her and Baker actually said that rule number three of being a role, mo a role model is to not hurt the role model she then said that the tandem attack on her last week was part of a conspiracy since perhaps the start of AEW. Baker said that Chris Statlander being a alien is a crock of shit and a conspir uh, conspir conspirator. I think I, I, I read that word right. Conspirator, which I laughed. I, I thought that statement right there by Britt Baker was funny. And so she then said, Hikaru Shida is a fake champion who carries a weapon and is also a conspirator. She then said that Nyla Rose typically comes off the top rope with precision and grace, but she hurt her last week and called her a conspirator. So Britt Baker then, she, Britt Baker then, she calls out Aubrey Edwards, uh, the female referee in AEW. I got a kick out of this. And so 
Baker then named Aubrey Edwards as a conspirator. She said Edwards has been there for all of her injuries, and that's not a coincidence. So <laughs> it's hilarious. Like Britt Baker, she's blaming, she's even blaming referees for her injury. And so Baker then said that they are all on notice. They tried to take her out, but she will be back at All Out. So then she wheeled herself away. And like one of my favorite parts uh, to this, you know, Britt Baker wheeled herself away. And the back of her wheelchair uh, said role model with the role being spelled R-O-L-L because, you know, she's in a wheelchair. And so, you know, this was a really good segment. Uh, you know, Britt Baker, she has really come into her own as a heel. You know, she's done such a fabulous job. You know, it makes you think, like, why AEW didn't book her as a heel when the company first started. You know, they, they tried to book her as a strong baby face, but that did not work out. Uh, because, you know, like, I guess, like, she didn't resonate with the crowd well. And the crowd was not giving her the babyface pop that AEW wanted her to get. And so, you know, she turned, she turned heel and then, um, you know, she, she started cutting promos. She started going at Tony Schiavone and, you know, the women of AEW and she's done a really good job at, at doing it. And, you know, Britt Baker, I, I think that, you know, she's the best female heel in AEW based off her promo work. And, you know, I, I just think she's great at, at just, being a villain and um you know uh I, I look forward to seeing her at all out uh she's gonna make her return there and so it looks like this knee injury that she has uh it's not as serious as everybody thought it was so you know she'll be back in the next like four months or so at all out so good promo by brit and uh yeah so that was that so then um alex marvez was backstage with the inner circle uh, Chris Jericho promised cheerleaders a drum line and he presented more during the pep rally uh, for the pep rally I should say and then all of a sudden Orange Cassidy just randomly pops up and he just wandered in and out of the background of the shot and so Jericho asked if his parents uh, no no Jericho asked his parents if they had seen that uh, I'm sorry, not parents, uh, partners. Uh, and then Jericho said he'd see Cassidy later. And so, you know, it, it looks like, you know, there might be a feud coming soon with um, the inner circle and the best friends in Orange Cassidy. Like, you know, I, I would like to see it. You know, I, I think that it would be great. And so, yeah, Orange Cassidy, like, this guy, like, he, he just, <laughs> this Orange Cassidy randomly shows up, like, like, any part of, like, the show, like, this guy, like, he's there, and he just, like, wanders around, doesn't say anything, he's got his glasses on with his hands in his pocket, and he's just there, and, like, I don't know, Orange Cassidy, he's awesome. And so then we had Hikaru Shida, the AEW Women's Champion, and she actually went up against Christy James, who I assume is another student from QT Marshall's wrestling school. So this was a fairly quick match. 
uh, Christy Janes did some dancing and then hit a springboard arm drag. She hit a drive-by knee lift on the apron and a vertical suplex for a two count. Christy Janes answered with an enziguri. Uh, Janes missed a curbata, which allowed Sheeta to hit a running knee for a two count. Sheeta then hit her falcon arrow for the pin and the victory. And, you know, Hikaru Sheeta, she's the AEW Women's Champion. She just won the title at Double or Nothing. She beat Nyla Rose, and I think that it's such a good thing for Nyla Rose uh to lose the women's title to Hikaru Shida. Nyla really didn't do much with the title. I believe that she won the women's title and then the, the coronavirus pandemic happened, which really halted a lot of AEW's plans and, and, and you know, uh, WWE's plans and, and, and plans for some of these pro wrestling companies. And so, you know, Hikaru Shida eventually got her shot. She got uh, her chance at Nyla Rose in the women's title, and she made the most of it. And, you know, Hikaru Shida, she's very talented in the ring. Um, you know, uh, I see people complimenting her, and, you know, some people, you know, wanted her to be women's champion, and now they got their wish. And so I'm looking forward to seeing um, uh, how far Shida can go with the title. And uh, I know that she can put on some really good matches with some of the women on the roster. And so, yeah, you know, this was this was uh, an okay match. It was fairly quick. Nothing special came out of it. But, you know, um, she looked strong at the end of it. And that's all that really mattered. And so then uh, we had the TNT champion, Cody Rhodes, and Arn Anderson. They went to the ring. And Cody was being interviewed by Tony Schiavone. So, Cody asked Tony Schiavone if he knew why Tom Brady was his uh, his favorite quarterback. He said that it's not because he's a New England guy. He's not welcome in Connecticut, which is actually a reference to, you know, WWE. Because uh, I assume uh, Cody Rose is not well-liked by the higher-ups in WWE because of AEW. And so... <clears throat> you know, WWE headquarters, uh, they're also in Connecticut as well. So hence why Cody jokingly said that, you know, uh, he assumes he's not allowed in Connecticut anymore. And so he said, Cody said the reason why Brady is his favorite quarterback is because Brady was not the first pick. Cody said that when Tony Khan started a wrestling company, Cody wasn't the first, second or third call. He said that he's not bitter about that. But if he was, that bitterness would be absolved by winning the TNT championship. Cody said that his older brother, Dustin Rhodes, who was actually um, in the crowd with QT Marshall and Cody's wife slash Dustin's sister-in-law, Brandy Rhodes. Cody said that Dusty got all the genes. He said that he learned everything about grit from his mom, Michelle, a little Cuban lady. And so... Cody then said, if you're someone who's critical of him bell to bell, then judge him by what comes next. He then issued an open challenge for his TNT championship. And so, you know, Cody, this was a very good uh, promo by Cody Rhodes. I think that, you know, he can be a really good TNT champion. And, you know, Cody wants to, to make that title special. You know, he's issuing an open challenge. You know, he wants to be a fighting champion. I assume 
uh, going forward every week. Uh, he's probably going to defend the championship uh, because it's the TNT championship, uh, obviously. And so, yeah, um, you know, I think Cody is going to do great things as TNT champion. And so then we had... Oh, during uh, Cody's promo, Cameron kept cutting to uh, QT Marshall, uh, who was in the crowd along with uh, Dustin and Brandy Rhodes. And so Allie's like flirting with him. And you got Brandy who's trying to like shoo Allie away from QT Marshall. Like, I don't know. It, it was a little cheesy, but you know, it is what it is. So then, and apparently, you know, this is a storyline uh, from Dark. Um, uh, you know, QT Marshall, I guess, um, they started a storyline where Allie is after QT, but Brandy wants to keep QT, uh, she wants, uh, QT to keep his focus on wrestling. And so, you know, uh, I guess, um, you know, I don't watch that much dark, but you know, I watched dark uh, a couple days ago and, you know, like I, I've been seeing, you know, this storyline progress. And so I guess uh, the Butcher, the Blade, and the Bunny, you know, uh, they're no more. Allie's not the Bunny, and she's not with the Butcher and the Blade anymore. And, you know, I guess she's going to roll by herself. And so let's see. What else do we have here? We had Jimmy Havoc and Kip Sabian with Penelope Ford versus Scorpio Sky and Frankie Kazarian. The winner of this match actually uh, gets a tag team title shot against Hangman Page and Kenny Omega on next week's Dynamite. And so this match was, it, it was okay for what it was. Um, you know, Jimmy Havoc and Kip Sabian, they've been teaming a lot uh, on AEW Dark recently. I guess this is a thing now. Uh, Jimmy Havoc, you know, joining forces with Kip Sabian and Penelope Ford. So the best friends and Sabian and Havoc, they started with some fast-paced brawling. Kazarian and Sky cut Havoc off and worked him over for a bit. Sabian used a kick to the face from the floor to, hate, to aid Havoc in cutting off Kazarian. Havoc used an eye poke, and then Sabian used... Uh, he actually hit a back elbow on Kazarian for a two-count. So after... The commercial break, we get Kazarian. He made a hot tag to Scorpio Sky. Sky got cut off with a rolling Death Valley driver by Havoc. Kip Sabian hit a double stomp off the top rope, but he only got a two count. Kazarian hit a leg slice on Sabian from the apron. Then he tagged in Scorpio and they hit an assisted DDT for a two count. Kazarian hit a cutter, but Sabian broke up the pin. And Sky and Kazarian, uh, they set up uh, the SCU later, but Penelope Ford uh, tripped Kazarian, and, you know, she provided the distraction. And then Sabian and Havoc have a double team. You know, their double team, uh, like, finishing maneuver is, um, you know, a shotgun drop kick into a Michinoku driver by Jimmy Havoc. 
you know, they hit it on Scorpio Sky and they got the pin. And so Kip Sabian and Jimmy Havoc, they're going to get a tag team title shot against uh, Kenny Omega and Hangman Page on next week's Dynamite. And uh, yeah, all in all, this was an okay match. It was good for what it was, you know. Um, you know, Jimmy Havoc and Kip Sabian, you know, like I don't think they deserve a tag team title shot, at least not yet. I think the best friends of Chucky e. T and Trent Beretta, you know, they deserve the tag team title shot. They should have been in this match. You know, I thought that this match would have been much better as a triple threat with the best friends winning because if you think about it, the best friends have been red hot lately. You know, uh, they had, they've been having some good matches lately. And, you know, I, I think that, you know, they deserve uh, a title shot against Hangman Page and Kenny Omega instead of Jimmy Havoc and Kip Sabian. But, Nonetheless, uh, the heels, they get a tag team title shot next week. And so looking forward to that. And so um, I will say this about uh, Kip Sabian and Jimmy Havoc. You know, they do have a really good uh, finishing maneuver. You know, Sabian hits a shotgun dropkick, which leads to a Michinoku driver by Jimmy Havoc. It looked really good. So. You know, the uh, Jimmy Havoc and Kip Sabian, they get a tag team title shot next week. And, you know, I, I don't think they're not going to win. You know, I, I don't think uh, they're going to beat Hangman Page and Kenny Omega for the tag team titles. But, you know, stranger things have happened. And so, you know, we'll have to wait and see. So then we had MJF and Wardlow. They were backstage and MJF said he hasn't had a title shot in AEW and thinks someone in the office has it out for him, uh, Cody Rhodes, wink, wink. And so he said he and Wardlow will be in a battle royal to determine a uh, number one contender for the TNT championship, uh, you know. And so Wardlow said, but after, you know, like, because basically... MJF said that, you know, he and Wardlow were going to be in the Battle Royal. And Wardlow has a job to do. And when it's down to MJF and Wardlow, MJF basically said that he expects Wardlow to aid him in getting the win and getting a TNT championship match against Cody next week. And so Wardlow, uh, he actually, he interrupted. Like I said before, he said, what uh, he said, but. And MJF cut him off and said, but nothing. And so MJF, you know, he's flexing and, you know, he's talking down on Wardlow because, you know, uh, Wardlow is MJF's heavy. And so MJF played this off as a rib on Wardlow and he walked off. Wardlow acted like maybe he would turn on MJF if they were the last two. And so I, I don't want Wardlow to turn on MJF. I think that uh, Wardlow needs MJF right now. Because I think that if Wardlow were by himself, I think that he would swim. Uh, he would actually drown just, you know, like as a singles competitor. I think that right now, um, Wardlow is doing a fantastic job at, you know, being MJF's heavy. And so I don't want to see a breakup between these two guys anytime soon. So then we had a battle royal that Jungle Boy, uh, Jack Perry won, uh, you know, the, the winner got a TNT ma uh, championship match against Cody next week. Uh, it was an okay battle Royal. 
uh, you know, MJF and Wardlow, uh, they hardly did anything in the match. They were there to just like pick up the pieces and eliminate anybody who looked like they were on the verge of getting eliminated. And so Orange Cassidy was uh, also in this battle royal and, you know, he took he took a slow time getting to the ring because, you know, Orange Cassidy gimmick, Orange Cassidy's gimmick in AEW and, you know, in, in uh, wrestling is that, you know, he's somebody who doesn't care. You know, he doesn't like try hard enough in wrestling. And so he was about to make his way into the ring until Santana and Ortiz, uh, they actually uh, ran out of the tunnel and they attacked Orange Cassidy. They hit him with slapjacks. And, you know, it's basically revenge from Orange Cassidy interrupting the Inner Circle interview from uh, earlier in the show. And so, yeah, Jungle Boy, he won the Battle Royal. Uh, Billy Gunn uh, was also in the Battle Royal as well. And I was rooting for Billy Gunn because, you know, like, I'm a huge fan of his. I've always been a fan of Billy Gunn. And so, yeah, it's going to be Jungle Boy and Cody Rhodes next week for the TNT Championship. Um, you know, I think that it's going to be a really fun match. I know that AEW is trying to put their stock in Jungle Boy. And, you know, they want to push him and, and they want to promote him as something special. And so, yeah, you know, I, I fully expect Cody Rhodes to to make him look good and, 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 and just make Jungle Boy look strong in their match, even though Jungle Boy is probably not going to win. And so, yeah, I'm looking forward to Dynamite next week. It's looking like a a pretty good show so far. And so then uh, we had, let's see, uh, let me go straight to what happened next. And so then we had the pep rally uh, by the inner circle and, you know, uh, there were cheerleaders on stage. Uh, the commentators said that Doug Marone, the head coach of the NFL's Jacksonville Jaguars, he was in the crowd. And so Vicky Guerrero, she entered uh, and she introduced members of the inner circle. You know, she walked out of the tunnel and, you know, she was screaming, excuse me, excuse me. You know, basically her 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 stick that has made her popular in wrestling. You know, she says, excuse me, the crowd loudly boos, you know, classic stuff by Vicky Guerrero. And so Sammy Guevara presented participation trophies to his teammates. Santana had individual gifts for everybody else in the inner circle, including a framed photo of Mark Anthony for Chris Jericho, which I was just laughing. I thought that was that was randomly hilarious. Like, you know, one thing I like about AEW is that like, you know, they have like they have like a really good sense of humor. Like almost all the comedy stuff in AEW has been genuinely funny and entertaining, you know, despite it being random at most times. And so, you know, the the photo uh, the photo of Mark uh, Mark Anthony to, to Jericho, like I'm just like 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 where did where did this come from? Like I don't know, just hilarious stuff. And so then Jericho gave Sammy a scooter for his uh, his knee, his bad knee, and uh, and basically you know uh, Sammy Guevara, you know he 
was actually in crutches because you know he's selling um you know the effects of the stadium stampede match from double or nothing where you know in the finish of the match uh kenny omega hit a one-winged angel on him like off the bleachers all the way down to a crash pad way at the bottom and so you know sammy was in crutches uh he got a scooter and then jericho gave sammy oh no wait, actually um uh jake hager he wrote a poem for the inner circle he said he can't wait to run over the elite with his tesla and so chris jericho and he also uh chris jericho you know after he got the uh the frame photo of mark anthony uh he gave ortiz a pair of earmuffs to help ortiz hear again and so Jake Hager, he gave the inner circle, uh, he wrote the, a poem for the inner circle. And so then Sammy asked Jericho what he really wanted. And Jericho said he wants Mike Tyson's head on a platter. He said he hasn't forgotten what Tyson did to him on J uh, January 11th, 2010 on a Monday night. And so Chris Jericho, he's basically uh, referring to uh, a segment on Monday Night Raw from January of 2010 where Mike Tyson acted like he was on Jericho's side and, you know, he, he joined forces with Chris Jericho and then Tyson turned on Jericho and knocked him out. And so, you know, this is basically like, this is basically what Jericho is, you know, referencing. You know, Jericho can't say Raw or WWE when describing um, what Tyson did to him for legal reasons. And so instead, you know, he said, uh, you know, what Tyson did to him on January 11th, 2010 on a Monday night. And so Jericho also said that Tyson turned on him that night and he's been dreaming about getting his hands on his fat head that night. So then Sammy Guevara said he couldn't get Tyson's head but he got a cheese platter and some bubbly. Guevara looked for the cheese and the bubbly, but it was all gone. Uh, and then Mike Tyson's music hits and he comes out with his entourage. Uh, Vitor Belfort of MMA fame, he was in the entourage. Um, and, you know, Henry Sehuda was there as well. And so... The entourage ate the cheese and drank the bubbly. That's why it was all gone. And so Jericho said that he was giving Tyson one chance to apologize or he would knock him out. Bold words by Chris Jericho to Mike Tyson. You know, somebody who is pound for pound, one of the all-time great boxers in history and somebody who looks like he can kill you with his bare hands. And so, and Tyson, Ty Mike Tyson... Let me say this. Mike Tyson looks phenomenal for his age. This guy is in his like early 50s. And, you know, this guy like he has like a six pack and he's looking jack. And Mike Tyson looks really good uh, for his age. And so, you know, Jericho said that, you know, he would give Tyson one chance to apologize or he would knock him out. Tyson said Jericho deserved that 10 years ago. And Jericho again told him to apologize. Uh, Mike Tyson tore his shirt off and shoved Jericho. Uh, the locker room emptied. And, you know, these guys just basically, like, started brawling. You know, um, Jericho shoved Tyson. And, you know, they're brawling all over the place. People from the back, uh, they, they come out to try and, like, separate these two. 
Um, you know, Colt Cabana was one of the guys that, that tried to separate Jericho and Tyson from each other. Cody was out there as well. I think uh, the Elite were out there as well. And this was basically just just a big brawl to end the show. And so, you know, um, and that was uh, AEW Dynamite uh, right there. And, um, you know, with, with, with Jericho and Tyson, you know, I mean, I don't really know anybody who wants to see Jericho versus Tyson. I mean, like, I, I really hope this does not lead to a match at some point between these two because it, it really should not happen. And, you know, this whole angle, too, with, with Jericho and Tyson, you know, the way it was played out, it was very similar to Monday Night Raw back during the Attitude Era when Stone Cold Steve Austin was feuding with Shawn Michaels for the WWE title. And, you know, Mike Tyson uh, was placed in the feud. And, you know, Austin and Tyson are in the ring. They're having words. And I, I believe uh, Tyson shoved Austin and they started brawling and like security and like cops had to come out and just like separate these two guys. And so, you know, this angle tonight with Jericho and Mike Tyson, this is basically that exact same angle with, you know, different people added in the mix. And so, you know, like I said, like, I, I really hope Jericho and Tyson doesn't lead to anything. I, I think Chris Jericho, no, no disrespect to Mike Tyson. You know, he, he's a legend, but he should not be in a wrestling ring going one-on-one -on -one just in general. You know, I think Chris Jericho is above this. And so, yeah, like, you know, like I said before, I think uh, Dynamite was a good show. Um, you know, uh, I, I really liked some of the stuff um, on tonight's broadcast. You know, the stuff with Brian Cage and John Moxley was great. Um, you know, the Britt Baker promo was, was really good. Uh, I like the opening match with Matt Hardy and the Young Bucks versus Joey Janela and Private Party. And, uh, you know, the, the stuff I didn't like, I, I didn't like the, the Jericho and Tyson stuff. Um, you know, I didn't like the fact that Kip Sabian and Jimmy Havoc are getting a, a tag team title shot, like, real fast against Kenny and, and Hangman Page on next week's show. But, uh, yeah, you know, um, it, it, it was... It was a good show. You know, Dynamite was a good show. And, you know, AEW, they, they, they've been doing some really good things the last couple months. You know, um, they've become a, a success in such a short amount of time. You know, like AEW Dynamite has been in existence since October. And, you know, they already got a contract extension with TNT. Um, you know, I, I believe they're working on a second show for TNT, you know, a secondary show for dynamite and, you know, all in all, you know, AEW, they, they, they're, they're, they're just going off and, and, and they're just doing some, some positive things. And, you know, um, next week's show should be really good. You know, uh, we got the tag team title match. Uh, we got jungle boy and Cody Rhodes for the TNT title and uh, Chris Jericho, he's also going to be in action. And, you know, uh, we got Brian Cage and John Moxley announced for Fighter Fest for the world title. Uh, no date or location has been announced for the show. Uh, I assume, you know, AEW, once they find, uh, you know, a location and, you know, a date, you know, they're probably going to announce that. And so uh, I, I, hopefully that announcement comes next week because, you know, um, 
of AEW Fighter Fest is usually around like June, and then in July they do Fight for the Fallen, and both those shows, uh, to my knowledge, um, you know, they're free on Bleacher Report, which is a really good thing, and then you know there's All Out in September. And so, yeah, all in all, this was a, uh, a, a really good show. I, I really like Dynamite. And, uh, yeah, next week's show should be a doozy. And so, uh, yeah, that was the show. Uh, I want to thank all of you for tuning in and listening. Uh, again, follow me on Twitter at Stanley051192. And also follow me on Instagram at StanleyPierre0511. And, uh, yeah, just, uh, give me a follow and, uh, I will actually, uh, do another show for you guys, uh, at some point tomorrow. I don't know if it's going to be in the morning or in the afternoon and I'm going to be reviewing NXT, uh, which, you know, NXT, um, they, 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 they put it on Wednesday night at 8 PM, the same time as AEW on TNT, NXT, you know, they're on the USA network and, you know, unfortunately everybody is making this NXT and AEW thing like like a ratings war. And, you know, I don't really care about the ratings. I, I, I don't really look at AEW and NXT. Like, I don't really look at, like, both shows as, like, competition for ratings. You know, like, I know a lot of people do care about the ratings, but personally, I don't. And so, yeah, um... I'll be back uh, at some point tomorrow with the NXT review. And uh, yeah, I hope you guys uh, enjoyed listening to me. Uh, keep listening. And also, um, you can actually uh, support uh, the Babyface podcast as well um, on the Anchor website. Uh, there's a button that you can click on that says support. And you can basically uh, send money and donate to the show and help it out and, uh, you know, help it become something special. Um, and, 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 you know, just, just show your support and, uh, yeah, thank you guys for listening and, uh, I'll see you guys tomorrow for, uh, your NXT review. So thank you and have a nice day or night or, you know, whenever you're listening to this. So, uh, thank you guys and I'll see you tomorrow.